0: Welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jacob and Eddie.
1: Hello, I'm Jake. And I'm quirky. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
0: ha Yeah, I don't know if quirky is the right word. I think uh, psychopathic, maybe. I prefer disabled, but you can have it your way. Um, I, I, I think disabled people would rather call it mentally challenged. <laughs> you know what the topic is today, Eddie? I believe social norms. Social
1: norms is the topic of the day, and we gave a lot of thought to this. And I think this is going to be a good topic. Uh,
0: yeah, especially comparing America with the rest of the world.
1: We're kind of messed up, like in perspective. Like, there's some weird things that we do. Yeah. Do you have any examples, Eddie?
0: Uh, one of the main ones I think of. This is something that we talked a little bit on the car ride here, but, um, it would be tipping like waitresses and servers and like, that's just odd. I think it's weird because with every other profession, right? You get an
1: hourly wage, but when you're a server, you get like, I think it's an average, like $3 an hour because they factor in your tips with your pay. So yeah. they say, cause you make over like $500 in tips a night, we can prospectively pay you like $3 an hour in whatever, um in your hourly wage. And I think it's weird that like you put that pressure on like the customers, you know?
0: I I also think it's weird how none of the other positions get the tips. Like no. like servers will share the tips with the chefs, but not often. And you know that that's weird. And so the chefs, they get paid like a good hourly wage while the servers it's just expected that servers get like three bucks an hour. And don't do me messed
1: up by that because sometimes servers take home like way more than the cooks on a daily basis. Yeah. But then the cooks know they have a reliable source of income because when the tourist season ends, the cooks still get their $20 an hour or whatever they make. But the waitresses and servers, they don't, they can't rely on that because they're not getting as many tips.
0: Especially since you and I live inside of a tourist town, it's easy to see how that kind of affects people. Because my sisters, all of them except for one, I believe, has worked as servers. And they come home some nights, 400 bucks in their pocket that wasn't there the previous night. And then in like november we're coming up on a kind of dead zone in our town right now it you get like nothing nothing like
1: absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. you get jack all and it's like like here we'll run through a scenario you know what um you'll be i'll be the server okay okay you'll be you're you're johnny in this scenario johnny sins you're johnny sins in this (laughs) scenario you're at the dinner table all right here i come do do oh hi my name's rebecca i'll be your server this evening is there anything i can start you off with
0: want to shoot a porno oh my god okay that's just ridiculous
1: <laughs> just go with the go with the example
0: uh i would like i don't know a steak right a ribeye okay
1: i serve you your food it was, it was okay i mean it wasn't the best service i was yeah. just kind of there right i didn't like make sure your food was great maybe i messed up something i forgot like your side of ranch or whatever mm-hmm. and so i come up to you and i say okay here's the bill also if you don't tip me good i don't feed my family or my kid tonight and it's on you it's on you yeah but like you forgot my ranch so you're starving <laughs> exactly it's so messed up that the, you put it on the customers to like it's it's your problem if i don't feed my kids tonight I want you to know that. And so we come up with this like abstract number of like, what is it, 20% 20 tip? Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: like 20% if you're generous. um, Most people, I believe, do like 15%. Right. And 20% is like, okay, hospitality. Or like, no, 15 is
1: okay. 20 is like they went a little bit above and beyond and whatever past that. Yeah. We have this guy that comes in and he always tips at the restaurant I work at. He always tips 20 bucks no matter what which is like compared to like the other tips is like a crazy amount
2: yeah
0: because you you work inside of a well i mean you and i work together but um we work inside of this uh, deli that's kind of it's like a storefront so like i don't i don't know how to describe it like you and i don't serve anything. we don't serve people they come up to the
1: counter if they want to sit they can but we don't like to serve on them Mm-hmm. So, like, the tip is usually a lot lower than what a normal tip would be because we're not, like, you know, we're not preparing the food. We're not bringing it to them. We're not getting them drinks. They come up to the counter. We call out their name. They come get their food.
0: Yeah, it's not like a regular restaurant. If it was a regular restaurant setting, they would tip a lot more. Exactly.
1: But, like, 20 bucks is, like, a crazy amount on, like, a $15 order. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just always comes in and tip 20 And then it's, like, everyone looks highly upon him. Like, he's a god. Like, they come in and we make sure we... If he's in line, we'll take his order ahead of time so he doesn't have to wait as long so we can get his food to him because mm-hmm. we know he's going to tip 20%, which is also skewed in a way that people with more money get, like, a better dining experience because you know they have more money. You wait on them hand and foot more.
0: Well, I don't know if that guy exactly has a lot of money because yeah. he... Yeah? Yeah, he has a lots, lots of money. I don't know, he doesn't look like the kind of guy that has, like, is loaded, fat stacks inside of his wallet or anything. He's a Bitcoin guy. Oh. He's the guy that
1: traded Bitcoin and, like, made hundreds of thousands.
0: Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah. But, I don't know, like, it. you could be somebody who's actually, like, pretty poor but still tip high. Right. It's just that kind of... and, And you could also be someone who makes... An unbelievable amount of money and still does, like, a regular 15%. Well, yeah. So I think it's it's mostly about, like, generosity and being, like, I'm going above and beyond here. But
1: the fact that you have to do that as a, like, a person getting their food, you shouldn't have to feel that way. That shouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think we're crazy, they don't do this in Japan. They don't do this in Germany. Yeah. Like, there's other places where there's no tip. There's no such thing as, a like, a tip. There's a tip jar, maybe. I don't know. But they don't get, like, a... The waitress doesn't expect to get a tip. They wait on the table because that's their job. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird in a way. Do you have any other social norms that are just... That I you think are just dumb, stupid, or maybe just interesting to think about?
0: Something that's interesting, to me at least, to think about is... Uh the contrast between Europe and America about how women need to shave their bodies.
1: Okay. This is going to be an interesting one.
0: Yeah. Like I, I just don't see how it started. Like how, cause inside of Europe, uh, women don't exactly really need to like shave their armpits or anything. Like they, it's not just something that's expected, you know, like they can if they want to, but it's not like, it's not something that's needed. You know? Yeah, people don't look at them and
1: think they're weird. Yeah, It's more commonplace, especially in like middle of Europe, like thick Europe, like mm-hmm. Bulgaria, like that part of Europe. It's not like you don't look at a woman weird because she has armpit hair.
0: Yeah. So that to me is just something that's it's just so interesting because like literally every single girl here Shaves. Shaves, yeah. yeah, if you see someone they look like fucking Sasquatch, you will
1: ridicule them. Yeah, <laughs> let's get real here. You will look at that person like they are homeless, and you will be like, "What a loser." To be honest, I would think I would too. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of gross. Yeah, but I, I, it's gross to me because that's just what it how was. we grew we were, up. Yeah. yeah, how we were raised. Yeah. Like I wouldn't find a woman attractive like that, but like in Bulgaria or whatever, and they're like. Whoa look at that one over there yeah it's like what three inches of leg hair <laughs> scrumptious looking and she's like "Nope, don't what's the sucking noise for that's <laughs> unnecessary um so another one we read up on before we came here was the fact that in like russia i don't know about any other part of the world in russia you go up to someone, a stranger, and they ask you, you know, how's it going? Or maybe like a close friend that you, would not a close friend, but like a distant friend that mm-hmm. you know, maybe a co-worker. And they ask you how your day is going. And even if your dog just got run over by a UPS truck, you'll say, it's good. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you'll lie. But like in Russia, apparently, like you ask someone how their day is going and they'll be like, it's horrible. I've had the worst day ever. Found out my wife was cheating on me. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my mom just fell down the stairs snapped her neck in half. She's dead. Still cleaning that up at home, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they'll say they'll
0: be honest and they'll say, "Yeah, my day kind of really sucked." Honestly, like depending on what it is. That's how I am, like the Russia case, not not the American case cuz like I just feel like people who do that, it's a more interesting conversation, you know? And people Especially since it is a social norm here, people don't really expect it. There's there's a way that you could do that, like, wrong, though. Because, like, you wouldn't really expect, like, oh, how are you today? Yeah, my husband beats me. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be a little weird.
0: Yeah, but, like, yeah, well, actually, that happened to me in a Walmart. Uh, what? That's, yeah, that's the reason why I brought that one up. No, no, no. Send, give me the
1: scene. Paint the scene for me.
0: Okay. My dad, me, Walmart checkout.
1: <laughs> Walmart is just I hate Walmart. It's like where all the crackheads go, man. I swear.
0: Yeah. So um my my dad uh is, you know, just putting stuff up onto the onto the counter. And um this lady who is going before us, she starts talking to him and to me i at this point i think that they like know each other because she just like starts talking as if she's known him for like i don't know decades
1: best friends they're best pals now and yeah, just, you can't do anything about it
0: besties and so then she she's like oh i don't really like this kind of lettuce because it's too crunchy but my husband likes it and i just do whatever he wants don't and tell me
1: and then she's like,
0: or he beats me. Well, it doesn't go into that immediately um, because uh, he was like, oh, you know, you, you should get the kind of lettuce you like for yourself. And she she was like, well, I do everything that my husband wants. Uh, uh, Don't say it. Don't well, say it. Well, uh, okay. It, it was kind of softened by how she was like, uh, well, you know, I take care of him. You know he's he's a older than me. I I'm, I'm forty. He's seventy. What? Yeah. Twenty was, years. <laughs> no, 30, saw 30, thirty years. Oh my god. Thirty years. Thirty apart. year difference. Yeah, thirty year difference.
1: Dude, you were a thirty year old man, and she was like being born. She was being born, or like you were twenty five and she was like in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird. Okay, yeah. keep going. What is this? An arranged marriage? <laughs>
0: Continue, uh, and then she um, like there was there was silence after that, and then that's when it started to get really weird because it wasn't even like a transition. Is this all in the line? Like, yeah, this in, is all all in the line. This is just wild. waiting. Yeah, because she had a lot of stuff that she was you know uh, buying, uh. So yeah, there were, like we just had to like wait. And she just talked the whole time. And um, uh, it wasn't like a transition after the silence. It was like, he beats me. What? Yeah.
1: That's fucking insane. And speaking of social norms, that's weird. That's <laughs> yeah. really weird to that's... bring up to a random stranger that you met in a Walmart line. Mm-hmm. That's insane.
0: And then my dad's like, oh, that's awful. Like, why don't you do anything about it? And... She's like, "Well, of this is course. even
1: crazier that your dad is engaging in this conversation." I know, right? My dad would just be like, well,
0: "What the fuck? I'm walking <laughs> away." Um, well, th- this is the reason why I thought that they knew each other. It's not like I asked him mid conversation. Well, who's this? Because I was just listening. You just you just assumed they knew each other. Yeah, I just assumed That's because fair. she just like started talking.
1: No stranger would come up to a random person and talk about go from lettuce to thirty year age difference with your marriage to
0: beating. Yeah. And she's like, Well, I'm not going to leave him because I love him.
1: <laughs> that sounds like Stockholm Syndrome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so he, I can't even remember the rest of the conversation after that because I, I was just kind of like <laughs> were standing fix, you there. You like, fixated on that point. Yeah, like, I, I was, would
1: be too. Like, wait, what did she just say? <laughs> like, are you serious right now?
0: Because there was like awkward silence. And then she just immediately went to, He beats me. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Oh. Oh my,
1: that's weird. Um,
0: but like, she, because she's going before us, she buys everything and then she, she's like, oh, okay, bye. And then leaves. And I was like, dad, who was that? And he's like, I have no fucking clue.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, what? What?
0: Because, geez, that was like pretty crazy. And that's one of my crazy Walmart stories.
1: We There's plenty of crazy Walmart stories yeah i went to west virginia once and there was like this walmart and it was like the epicenter for like everything if you didn't know west virginia is like has like the opioid overdose capital of the united states and Mm -hmm. so we went there i'm like west virginia can't be that bad because like people like describe it as like people like overdose and dying in the streets and like they gotta clean it up and so i'm like it can't be that bad and the first thing you walk into in walmart in this walmart was the bread aisle right okay and there's just just crackhead high out of his mind just spazzing around on the floor like a fucking animal crawling around and the police just came in to detain him and drag his ass away. Uh-huh. I'm like, how that's such a weird thing. I'm like, that's and everyone's just walking by like this is another fucking day at Walmart. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's going by and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cared. And I sat there as like a 15-year-old like what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like he was like convulsing on the ground as like the security guards dragged him out. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what? This can't be happening right now. It's the first thing I saw. Mm -hmm. And then my sister played it off like it's normal. I'm like, that's not fucking normal. (laughs) That's fucking weird. Yeah. Why? He's begging people for money and then he dropped and was like, "Uh -uh
0: -uh 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 -uh." I'm like, what the fuck? That, that's also a really weird thing to think about because that's a social norm in West Virginia. That's normal in West Virginia. Yeah. You,
1: you almost expect to see some crackhead overdosing in West Virginia because it's <laughs> the opioid capital of the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Why? Why? Why is that a social norm? You should be able to sit back and be like, wow, this state's pretty fucked in the head.
0: Mm-hmm. And then like because we are in a rural part of Wisconsin, it's like. There's nothing that really goes on. No. Here.
1: Nothing interesting happens.
0: Yeah. And so we we don't see any crazy stuff. Like nothing. Ever. Yeah.
1: You see someone like get in a car accident and it's like
0: news. It's top story news. That's that's true. That's like, oh, did you hear those, you know, teenagers got in a car accident? That's it.
1: You know what's like, weird? Social normal Wisconsin? Huh? Bars and drinking
0: that's true we
1: can we we talk about how i think it's 16 to before you turn 18 in a bar your parents can hand you a drink and you mm -hmm. can drink it as long as it goes from your parents hand into your hands right and
0: and then the weird thing is that from 18 to 21
1: they can't do that anymore (laughs) they can't do that (laughs) so it's like why even make that a rule like why is and like in big cities or like any other state really Mm -hmm. like kids aren't allowed in bars like yeah. you can't K- have a kid kids aren't
0: allowed in liquor stores. They aren't allowed to sit at the bar. They have to sit at like, you know, away like at a table, if it's a bar and restaurant or something, but Wisconsin, here, uh, yeah, so Wisconsin.
1: I, I remember, oh my gosh, I can't even, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are from Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. like a lot of my memories as a kid was sitting at a bar, watching like a football game or yeah. like sitting in a bar and drinking and meeting with my parents, friends. Like that was a lot of memories for me. Yeah. Sitting at a bar like that.
0: Like, even, you don't really eat at a table, you eat at the bar. At the
1: bar. Yeah. If you're, like, a table, if you're, like, unless you're, like, a couple Mm -hmm. on a date, like, if there's just two guys, you sit and you order food at the bar. Yeah. Which is weird. It's not normal, I don't think. Mm hmm It's also weird to have a kid just at the bar. They don't drink. They're just kind of there. Yeah. You're like, who's that? No, that's Ralph's son. Where's Ralph? Oh, he's throwing up in the bathroom. He had a little too much. (laughs) It's like
2: what
0: oh Ralph oh Ralph you little alcoholic you and then as a kid you sit there and you just like talk to all the drunk people
1: oh yeah yeah because they all love you mm-hmm. you're like a
0: monkey in the zoo everyone <laughs> wants to. time everyone's like oh
1: back in my day sunny boy ah, ah, ah. it was a good time back then I'm like what did you that didn't even make sense dude <laughs> <laughs> And it's just these old men wanting to talk to you all the time Mm because you're like the cool, hip (laughs) 12-year-old. It's like, what? I think it's weird. Plus,
0: they're just always loud. And they can
1: Oh, it's so loud. And spit. They spit all the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Like you just sit down at the bar and you're like eating or drinking your like little root beer or something, I don't know. And then there are just people just like laughing and yelling and like... Conversing around you, and there are the people who want to talk to you because you're like a kid at the bar, like that's just funny to them or something. I don't know. And then there are the other people who like don't talk to you at all, don't even acknowledge you, like
1: they're in their own little world. Yeah, there's drinking, their sorrows away.
0: So, as a kid, you're just like kind of looking around, like "Mm."
1: it's like a sitcom, honestly. If you sit there at a packed bar, you can get all the characters of the sitcom oh, there's the funny drunk. Oh, there's the depressed guy. <laughs> there's the guy whose wife cheated on him, and now he's drinking his pain away. Ha, 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 ha. And like a laugh track comes on, and everyone's laughing. <laughs> it's like, or they just get the it's the dudes like, I hate my wife. And then they someone scores a touchdown in a football game. They're like, yeah! You know? Yeah. It's just weird. Another thing is kindness in Wisconsin versus like other states. Mm-hmm so when i went out to new york right yeah we went to breakfast place and they were so rude i thought they were unbelievably rude i was not i would i was not willing to tip my part of the bill because i thought they were just crazy rude went out to breakfast or like brunch yeah and the first thing that happens is these two younger um girls are the hostesses so they're like Mm i had to guess like 17 in between 16 and 18 right yeah and so we come in and we're like oh how long for a table of five And they're like, oh oh we got a table right there for you like five minutes yeah and then we lose the last table, right So after that the line starts building up and they did not it's a small place so they're not telling they're not taking control of the situation as mm-hmm. hostesses. they're not telling people to wait outside. yeah they're having them like kind of like funnel in to the small space and there's not enough room for them you know mm-hmm. so when they get in there, it's just jamming everything up and they're not taking control of the situation. And so this one waitress comes around and she's clearly already annoyed. Like she's already had a bad day. Yeah. And she comes and she's like, can you guys just wait outside? Like, I don't understand why all of you need to crowd in here like a bunch of zoom animals. We're like, what did she just, say? I, me and my girlfriend who are visiting from Wisconsin, we're like, what did she just say? And no one batted an eye. Yeah. Like, did she really just say that to us? Mm hmm. And, and, you know it's not our job to manage where we stand like that's the hostess's job yell at the hostess to kindly ask us to wait outside that's fine but like don't get an attitude with us just because we're standing here you know not being told what to do Mm -hmm. and not only that we sit down we wait for anything and we get our food and we ask the server for ranch with our meals and she forgot the ranch so we stopped this other server i'm like can you go get our server And she's like, I'll just get it myself. And she goes and gets the ranch. She's like, is there anything else you guys need? We're like, seriously, we just wanted the stuff that we asked for. It's not like we're going out of our way. We asked for two things of fucking ranch. Can you cool your jets a little bit?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then she's like, and then she comes back. And when we're done with a box and all of these things just that would, that annoyed the shit out of me and my girlfriend, they didn't, they didn't care at all. And they tipped her 20%.
0: Really? Yeah. (laughs) Wow, like to me that sounds extremely rude, right?
1: And not only that, when we were finished up with our food, I'm stuffed. It was so good; the food was excellent. But we come in and she's like, "All right, here's your boxes." And we're like, "Oh, actually, we can we just do like two big boxes instead of separating it all because we're all going back to the same place?" Yeah. She brought us four small boxes. She's Mm -hmm. like, "Are you kidding me?" I guess I'll be right back. And she sprints off. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" That's kind of like a aggravated a noise phrase all we did was like ask for bigger boxes it's yeah. really not that big of a deal i don't know maybe i'm just being over dramatic but like nobody cared and me and ashlyn were like what the heck
0: oh yeah i would have been annoyed i would have been like are you kidding me that you just said are you kidding me <laughs> yeah
1: i'm like are you joking right now because all we did was like wait for our table ask for what we asked for earlier in the ranch and then fucking ask for bigger boxes I feel like we weren't even an inconvenience to you whatsoever we're like a pretty easy table yeah but no one cared no one
0: wow that's crazy to me like yeah and also that reminds me of a time we're pretty close to the UP upper peninsula of uh, Michigan and so you uh, my our, our friend Charles and I went to um, uh, the the Paulding Light, and um, so we um, we went through down this one trail, and um, at the time he had a um, a Ford Ranger, so it was a pretty small truck. And we we're like, okay, we can fit through this trail, um, and then we when we got more down it we realized there was a bridge and we we're like, eh, maybe it's not good to go down this trail. Maybe we should just go back." And so as we were going back, there was like this area where the ground was like soft, right? And so he he's backing up and it doesn't look like the ground has any issues and then it just runs off, like crumples. And so his tire is there stuck. Or there, like, like
1: his back tire sunk like quicksand kind of? Yeah.
0: Sunk into the mud and dirt
1: and whatever it was?
0: Like it was kind of like a washout. Oh, okay. And so yeah. he just
1: went a little too far back and it kind of slid out from underneath him mm-hmm. and got him stuck. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he's backing up on ground and then suddenly the ground wasn't there anymore. And so the one, only one of the tires was stuck, but we could not get out. There was no way for us to get that truck out by ourselves. And out comes this uh, dude riding a UTV. And he's like, oh, you guys are stuck? And we're like, yeah, like, we, we don't know what to do. He's like, hold up. Let me, uh, let me call some friends. And then suddenly there's like six dudes in different Ooh. UTVs, ATVs. <laughs> they got a strap. They put it on the back of his truck. They pull us out. What a
1: nice gentleman. Yeah. Who would do that? I wouldn't do that.
0: Exactly. You wouldn't do
1: that. Would you do that? Be honest. Would you if you saw yourself and you didn't a random stranger stuck on the side of the road, maybe dug in a little too deep, you would you would drive by, right?
0: Probably. Probably. Know. Yeah. But like people in the UP Just like, They're the nicest people in the world. Hey,
1: what's up, man? You need some help? Yeah. Call up some palios and like the fucking power rangers on <laughs> UTVs form a mega suit and like lift your truck out. That's, uh, that's, that's
0: pretty much that's how crazy. It yeah.
1: I didn't think, why? Why would he do that? Like, what in his mind was he like, I'm going to help
0: these kids out? It's just a social norm. Like, you see somebody stuck, you help them, you know?
1: And, like, if you did that anywhere else, though,
0: that'd be weird. People would think
1: you're weird for helping them.
0: Mm -hmm. They'd be like, okay, do you want me to, like, pay you or something? Like, what's in it for you? Right. I I bet that's what they would be thinking.
1: Exactly. That's what, like, other people would be thinking. Not Mm -hmm. only, but, like, people wouldn't stop and help you like you see someone broke down on the side of the road Mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't stop and help yeah (laughs) ever unless they're like in the middle of traffic but if they're pulled Mm -hmm. off the side and they clearly something you can see that's wrong with their car yeah people don't stop and help they just assume you got help already Mm -hmm. and people in the up are just like yeah i'll help you with that which is crazy they're insane Mm -hmm. people in the up are so kind and nice they're just country folk you know yeah, it's all rural up there. All uh, rural. Oh, all right, my cousin's my sister. My sister's my brother, you know? And, like, who needs a cousin when you got an uncle, too? Haha. I'm your uncle and your father. It's mm. like my cats. Yeah, your cats are inbred.
0: Yeah, so, like, I used to have this cat, Ashley. She was an outdoor cat. She had so many kittens in her life. But um, we move to the house that I'm living at now and um, she she gets pregnant again and she has a a batch of kittens and so we have our garage sale and then we give kittens away for free but we keep one of them who is Oliver which is a cat that I still have today and um, so we're like okay we're not going to let her out anymore she's going to be an indoor cat now and um, she still got pregnant. So that means that as Oliver, her Oh, the child, indoor cat got
1: pregnant. Yeah. So the cat that you kept in. Oh.
0: Yeah. So her son got her pregnant. Oh. Yeah. And then that's how my other two cats that I have now, Captain and Bubba, their, were born.
1: Their father is their brother.
0: And because they're the brother to their father, they are their own uncles.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Imagine being your own.
1: (laughs) That's so fucked in the head. That's not even funny, man.
0: Imagine being your own uncle.
1: And you know what's crazy? In some places, like maybe not today. I don't think it's as common today, but like now that we're on Royalty? yeah now that we're on incest like back in the middle ages Mm -hmm. it was common to fuck your sister that is so weird yeah it was so common that they had a you know the church had to publicly go out and be like it's not okay to fuck your sister can we just put it out there god doesn't approve that there's a lot of other things god will tolerate but fucking your sister is not one of them that's so weird to me how could you how 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 like the hasburgs i think the the descendants of the hasburgs like at one point ruled like all of europe combined Mm -hmm. like if they powered their family together they like controlled all of europe in one way or another they spread their family tree like deep into europe Mm -hmm. and it got to a point where they had this one son he was so fucked up that his he could not physically have kids and so his genitals, they had to do surgery on him back in the Middle, middle Ages. Mm-hmm. You know, surgery was like, you, they did not put you under. Yeah. They cut you open. You felt every part of Ooh. it. <laughs> right? So they had to do um, a, a, a surgery to his, I'm going to say, his cock and balls. To, yeah. Because they, cause it was such a big deal that he had kids for this huge royal succession because they mm-hmm. wanted to. So they forced him to have surgery. Yeah, And <laughs> they described it as he bled blue blood oh, out of no. his ball sack when they cut it open. Yeah, And he compared, they compared his like down there, his balls were hard as rocks. <laughs> they didn't, it didn't, it, no. <laughs> the anatomy didn't make sense. And they said his wiener was inverted. What? Exactly. That's so weird. Like, inside out like infected and destroy. regardless in incest is was such a commonplace thing that, that bred so much down the line mm-hmm. that you have this person who cannot physically have kids whose face was deformed and crooked it's like if you took someone's face on photoshop and like tilted the whole thing and just kept it there mm-hmm. like his neck was permanently like 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 if you have a crink your neck, and like you know, you kind of pinch your neck like yeah. you kind of, his face was just like that, and his spinal cord was messed up when they when he finally died at like twenty five because yeah. you know when you're that fucked up, you don't live past like thirty. Mm-hmm. When he finally died at twenty five, they cut up his body, and they found that he had like fifteen less bones than like the average human should. no, like just some really messed up problems. Mm-hmm. and like in- incest was common, yeah, and that's not okay at all some of the royalty to this day is like just a little bit fucked up Mm -hmm. because like their great-great-great-grandmother was boning her brother (laughs) (laughs) it's weird yeah and like that's how you built a stronger family Mm -hmm. pure-blooded i guess that's what they described it as
0: well only the pure bloods can rule
1: i guess if that's what you want to call your own brother, uncle, sister, thing, whatever. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. So social norms have definitely changed over the years.
1: Do you have any? Can you think of any at the top of your head, like social norms that have definitely gotten weirder? Well, not weirder, but like changed. Like if we if we look at a social norm back then to it now, it's kind of like what?
0: Well, like definitely wearing clothes. Like to kind of clothes it with we Oh, wear. yeah,
1: clothing, fashion. Yeah, could, fashion we has We have a 30-minute conversation about fashion. Mm-hmm. But like women showing their legs, showing skin, period, yeah. back in the day, used to be like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whore, question <laughs> mark? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you a brothel whore? That no. was genuine question back in the day if you showed your legs too much. Like if yeah. you showed your ankles, that was like, whoa. Like, relax like keep your clothes on okay
0: have you ever seen videos of elvis presley dance
1: the elvis no i haven't
0: no um he doesn't even like wear anything that's too crazy but the way that he danced was so scandalous that like people were just like it's crazy that he's dancing that way and all he was doing was just like moving his legs um hip thrusts like every now and then
1: but he was like it was still kind of looked normal yeah it looked just normal like, people were like what is that guy doing that's kids can't see this yeah there was a if you if anyone's ever watched Forrest Gump there's um a part now that I know what you're talking about there's a part in Forrest Gump where Forrest is watching Elvis Presley dance on the tv mm-hmm. and his mother's like I can't believe they act like that on television and cl- like Put her hand over his eyes so he can't watch. Is that mm-hmm. what you're talking about? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I'm not talking about that exact scene, but like, well, I know,
1: but like that kind of like yeah. Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. So people and nowadays, like you see people dancing and like, ever watched the I think it was like the 2019 maybe halftime Super Bowl oh, show. God. <laughs> Super Bowl show. <laughs> it's like she was on a pole mm-hmm. and she's like, people were like artistic, go women. But it was <laughs> like
0: that's a little weird. Yeah, or like. Kids everywhere, and, and like were, just Super Bowl in general. Like, I want to watch some football. I don't want to <laughs> watch like
1: I'm sure like that. the fifty year old men were like, "Yeah, America!" As they're like <laughs> sitting there and she's like doing twirls and twerking and all that kind of stuff. But
0: who who did they have do that again? Oh
1: God, you're asking me pop stars. I'm not a big pop star person. Yeah, even mm. music, like music's changed so much
0: it has yeah
1: listening to music like Mm -hmm. no one would ever listen to music on like the go like we are today with like airpods Mm -hmm. you would be i don't know you'd see a janitor maybe with a cassette tape and like those really (laughs) dingy small headphones yeah
0: in the 70s like besides that no one ever wore them out just walking i don't think even the 70s i think that was like (laughs) 80s were cassette like were the walkman yeah that's what i'm talking about the Walkman. walkman i think that was 80s i think in 70s they still had, like, record? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Did they have record players? I, nah, I'm not there? sure. I don't know.
1: But I think just inventions change social norms more than anything. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a new invention, it alters everything. not, Someone get really specific. Um, the the cotton gin mm-hmm. changed fundamental slavery as it stood, right? Yeah. Which is a really good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that it happened. I'm very happy <laughs> that slavery is over. It's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. But like like cotton gin kind of helped fuel a, a revolution that like, you know, maybe all this manpower isn't as good as like machinery. Yeah. Or like another example is like factory lines for assembling cars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We saw how like instead of a person building a, one car at a time, you could have a factory line. And that yeah. just changed everything. And then it went from factory line workers because people make mistakes to robots. Mm-hmm. Then you saw a decrease of like, I don't know, I don't know what the exact number is, a huge decrease in drop-off on like factory line workers, like Detroit losing its entire economy because it was a car building mm-hmm. getting replaced by machinery.
0: Yeah. And I, so that, That's also interesting to think about as far as like, like the way that weapons were mass produced back in the day oh yeah you you literally each person had to make a part of a gun and each gun was different but then when they started to um standardize it and have like specific ways of of building it and having like just having it more automized um you know there was just so many more consequences there was more
1: guns because think about it back in like the 1800s right when Mm -hmm. european powers would go to war and they would fight and whatever the aftermath was win or lose usually be a stall there wouldn't be like you wouldn't conquer an entire country yeah right you would like fight a little bit but you'd have to take a breather like a serious breather because Mm -hmm. of all the weapons you used up you couldn't just go right back to war because no one would have guns because the guns would be destroyed, the ammunition would be out. You had to wait a while to rebuild yeah. up your supplies. Yeah. And, like, each side knew that and they would, like, purposely wait. They'd be like, all right, all right, chill, 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 chill. We need to take a breather. Take a breather. Hold up, hold, hold up. Hold up, Let hold up.
0: Let's sign a peace treaty for, like, 20 years.
1: Yeah. and then come back at each other in, like, not even 20, like, three years. Let's get real here. It was quick, but it wasn't that quick. I mean, it was slow, but it wasn't that slow. So it's like, hold up, let's just chill. Three years, we'll mm-hmm. kill millions of more people, but like, for right now, just take a break, mm-hmm. chill, chill. Like, oh, okay, okay. And it's war itself is automized to the point where like, if we even go further back, right? Mm-hmm. Like in Japan, in like the samurai era, they had to handcraft each sword, mm-hmm. which was also insane
0: and for each, a war. Like each sword. You'd go to your local blacksmith, and, like, the local blacksmith, that was an actual job that was around. It would around. take
1: weeks yeah. to build a sword.
0: And then if you wanted to, like, your first sword, oh, yeah, you know, I got it from uh, Timmy. He, uh, you know, like, the cheap swords, it depended on how much time they spent right. going into each sword. So, like, if they made it in, like, a day, it was cheap. They made it, like, in a month.
1: It was this handcrafted relic Mm -hmm. that, like, the family passed down for generations. So we see that, like, social norms change, like, fundamental Mm well-beings. Like, just little things. You know, like, people buy Nike and they don't realize that it's literally, like, a slave factory out there. They, like...
0: There's actually a... a Weird history with Nike. Okay, describe. Um, I'm trying to remember what they used to be called. But anyway, the um, there was this book that came out on running, and this was before it got popular. When and, was this?
1: When was the book come out?
0: Oh, I, I believe it was like the 1950s. Okay, so 60s? we're talking way back then. Yeah, and so it it comes out, and this is the first time that jogging is used in that context. Like, before people would say, jogging my memory. That's the only reason why they would ever use it. Jogging was not a word around until this book came out. And so he he describes, okay, you want to do a heel-to-toe stepping pattern. People and didn't
1: know what fucking jogging was before this? No.
0: People didn't go on jogs or like Mm-mm. a casual
1: jog? They didn't
0: right. that? Only athletes. That's it. Like you wouldn't recreationally go out and go for a this,
1: jog. The, a dude literally
0: invented jogging. Yeah.
1: That's fucking, that's fucked. That's but, insane. But anyway, that's crazy.
0: This, this is where it gets uh, interesting. So uh, humans were not made to go heel to toe. It's toe, more like. A, Always on toe. Yeah. So, like, your toe hits the ground, and then the rest of your foot goes down, and then you go back up like a spring. It's a spring. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so many people were getting hurt from this technique that he came out with his own running shoes. And so, he said, oh, this has ankle support, it has um, bridge support for your foot, and... People started to uh, get less hurt while wearing these shoes in his special running way. Did and,
1: he do this on purpose?
0: Um, he? If if he did, then he's, he's a, a genius. genius. Yeah, you
1: purposely teach someone something bad, right? So like, though someone had a. I don't know this is a crazy example like you Mm -hmm. throw you teach someone how to throw a baseball wrong yeah so they purposely hurt themselves Mm -hmm. but then like you build some kind of i don't know arm sleeve concoction so they don't feel the pain anymore Mm -hmm. so you not only have you enforced that this is the right way you just say to people that like oh it's not because you're doing it wrong it's just you don't have the right equipment yeah this is the right equipment that's insane
0: anyway um so at this moment in time the company is called like I don't think it was like blue. I think it was blue ribbon or something like that. Um, But over time, they came out with like lots of different uh, shoes. And then because they wanted to come out with clothing, they just decided, let's rebrand. We'll call ourselves Nike. And so uh, Nike, that's why I kind of don't like Nike in a way, is because the way that their company was started was by literally teaching people how to run wrong. And then then,
1: fixing it by buying their own merchandise. (laughs) Yeah. That's so, what a crazy story to a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company.
0: Exactly. Like when I learned that, I was like, hmm, makes sense, you know. Sounds like an American company.
1: Yeah, it sounds like something that would be socially acceptable Mm -hmm. in a social norm kind of way anything else for social norms anything because we do have another topic we could touch on if we're out of social norms yeah and this is where it's going to get deep we got we're at 45 minutes on this recording Mm -hmm. right and probably for the next 15 to like 20 to 25 minutes it's going to get really really deep so if you're an audience member listening I'm telling you there's not going to be a whole lot of funny jokes, so we're going to get him in right now, all right? Go, best joke on the spot and you can't do it cuz it's not your personality. So give me a, give me your best joke.
0: Um knock knock. Who's there? Jacob. Jacob who? Jacob is an idiot.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, so this is going to be our next topic, okay? <laughs> this is going to be serious. We're going to keep it serious and we're going to ready Okay. Motivation. Okay. When you hear that word, what do you think of?
0: Strippers. Cocaine. No, 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 no. Stop (laughs) it.
1: When you hear that word, what do you think of?
0: Doing stuff you don't want to. Exactly. Like what? Well, an example for me, that's an easy one. I run shirtless in the dead of winter. In the did a winter of upper wisconsin it's like -15 you actually made the news once yeah that was that was a little weird to see myself on the news running shirtless but be, yeah that was that was pretty weird
1: it's doing something you don't want to do right mm-hmm. it's getting up in the morning when you don't want to get up that's motivation yeah and motivation is seriously something that not a lot of people have if we're being truthfully honest
0: because like there, there are people who are like, I'm motivated to go to the gym today. And it's like, well, I don't think you're really all that motivated because you're going at like 3 p.m. It's already easy for you to go to the gym because like you've already done stuff in your day. You're already used to it. Like it's not really all that hard and you're actually kind of pumped to go to the gym. You like going at that specific time. Yeah. But you and I, we have both experienced going to the gym early in the morning, like waking up and the first thing that you think about is, I'm going to go to the gym.
1: Getting up at like 5.30 and be like, fuck, I don't want to get up at this time. But like, I don't know what you do. This is how I deal with motivation. This is how I motivate myself. Mm -hmm. I look at myself in my mind from an external perspective, okay? Okay. And I think to myself, what will happen to you if you don't go to the gym at this morning you're a liar because you're lying to yourself okay you're a fat loser who sits on his ass all day and doesn't get up when i you know there are people that get up way earlier than you and do Mm -hmm. way more and still do have more responsibilities and do more work and are much better off than you are and you are playing catch up with them
0: when america is asleep 90 percent of the world's population is awake
1: exactly that's something to think about. Not only that, but if you think about it, if you let's say you want to be a business owner, you want to be rich, famous, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be whatever, mm-hmm. okay? You always have to picture that someone is better than you at whatever it is, okay? And what you picture that as somebody who's better than you, you have to say to yourself, I have to catch them. They are. Like, you are in law school, but there's already an established lawyer out there. Why Mm -hmm. would they go with you when they have an established lawyer that's already out there? You have to say to yourself, I'm behind, Mm -hmm. and I have to catch up. And if you're putting in the bare minimum, you're staying even with him. What you have to do is go above and beyond. You have to study harder. You have to put more work out there. You have to work harder, and you have to be better than them. You have to catch up to them because you have to play this constant, like, cat and mouse game of, like, oh, finally, I've reached him. Like, you're good. You're not good. Mm -hmm. That's not how it should be. You should reach that level and go further, further beyond what you thought was possible.
0: That's why I love running cross country is because there has been this point in time while I was in a cross meet and I was trailing behind these guys and I thought, why am I letting them set the running pace right now? Exactly. Exactly. I'm just trailing behind them and I'm going the exact same speed as them. I need to go faster than them. I need to not only catch up with these guys, but I need to pass them and catch up to the next guy and pass him, catch up to the next, you know, like.
1: be the. You know you've worked harder than all the 20 guys in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you letting them set the tempo? You have to mentally tell yourself that you are the guy. Like, yeah. And there will be times on the basketball court, right, when I'm sitting there. And I'm, you know, guarding someone who I know is better than me or like, especially in practice when Mm -hmm. I'm guarding like, you know, varsity starters or like open gyms, I'm guarding guys that I know are better than me. I'm like, you know, standing back, kind of playing it safe. I'm like, why am I playing it safe? Where is that going to get me? You know? Yeah. What is playing safe going to get me when I know I'm guarding a guy who can drop 30 points on my head without a fucking second doubt? And I'm playing it safe. You want to play it safe? Okay, great. So I can consistently let him drop thirty points on my ass and then not care. <laughs> yeah. That's what playing it safe gets you. I'm gonna get aggressive. Like I'm gonna get in their face. I'm going to poke at the ball. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to just throw them off their game just a little bit. That mm-hmm. is motivation for me. That's the motivation to get on their level because I know they're better than me, right? And there's nothing I can really do about that to an extent. I can work harder, but they're just so much. They started, you know, they're just so much better than me. I'm never gonna be able to take their starting spot. What I can do is give them a scare. Mm-hmm. You know, make them think like, Oh, well, this kid's playing some really good defense right now and compartmentalize the fact that I put myself in that mental state of mind of I've been up since five thirty in the morning. I will i I've worked too hard for this to let you embarrass me like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work harder, I'm going to hustle more, I'm going to do better.
0: That's what you have to say to yourself. Yeah, that that's why um I was listening to David Goggins. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. No. He is a um, ex Navy SEAL, I believe. And uh, does ultra marathon running.
1: Oh, is he African American? Yes. Okay, and he's usually the guy who's like, I don't feel pain anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. I know who you're talking about. Okay.
0: So he described what you were talking about as his cookie jar. And what that is, is like he, he does this really amazing thing. Like he thinks to himself to be able to do this 100 mile run, what I had to do was put thousands of miles worth of practice into it. Like there's a lot of shit that I had to get done before I got here. And so he puts it inside of his cookie jar so that whenever he gets that mindset of like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can keep going forward. He can go to his cookie jar, take out something that he believes was impressive, something that he was proud of, and say, if I, if I did this, I can, I can do, do this.
1: this. That's a great way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to, what I like to do a lot is mm-hmm. when I'm feeling down on myself, like the world's just not going my way and I want to give up. Mm-hmm. Right. This is what I do. I wait till the next day and I wake up and I look at myself and I think of myself as the main character mm-hmm. from that point on. And I know this sounds super cliche right now, but you got to follow me. Okay. okay. I am the main character. What would the main character do? Do you think he would sit around and do nothing all day? No. You have an audience watching you at all times. Okay, mm-hmm. so when I hear that alarm go off at five thirty in the morning and I don't want to get up, what would the audience want to see? Do you, you want to see the loser sleep in? No, the audience wants to see the main character get up, go work out, get the grind in, get the good grades, get the woman, and not quit. Okay, that's a good main character. Mm-hmm. The audience is always watching, whether you think it's you know random strangers or what I like to think of it as the people in your mind that think highly of you. Mm -hmm. All the people that respect you, all the people that think you're intelligent, all the people that think you are this person who demands this crazy amount of respect because you're the person who gets up at 530 in the morning to work out, right? Yeah. They are, maybe they're not watching you right now, but they are watching you. They are always watching you. Maybe it's not even people from, you know, outside of your life. What if it's your family members, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's say you hit the gym or let's say you're the valedictorian of your class, Okay. Your family member now thinks of you as this smart, intelligent, well-minded person. Do you think a smart, intelligent, well-minded person would not study for their test? Do you think they would just sit there and play video games all day and sit on their ass? No, they would go get something done. Because even if there's no one there, there's this duty to uphold people's beliefs on you. Because not only are you letting yourself down, you're letting them down at that moment.
0: There's that accountability.
1: 100% that accountability stands for so much in my life of people who are here with me now and people that I've lost
2: Mm -hmm.
1: who I know what they thought of me and I know how they perceived me and I know I can't disappoint them because they left this earth thinking that I am this great person and if I disappoint them I've let them down I have 100% let them down Mm -hmm. and letting them down like that is probably the most disappointing thing that you could possibly
2: do.
0: And I think the point of accountability is so important because it's like at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's about the results that you get. And you know, like if you're sitting around doing nothing, eating like chips on the couch, like, You're not going to get your shit done. And if you aren't going to get your shit done, people will see that no matter what. And like, that's why I love working at a cranberry marsh, is because there is so much accountability that is put onto you. Like, you're just expected to uphold what you do. Someone gives you a job, right? You will,
1: back to social norms for a second here the social norm is you will get your job done. You will do mm-hmm. it. You can't half ass it and you're not going to quit and you're not going to stop halfway. You're going to go till it's done.
0: Yeah. However and long that takes. One of the most like uh, one of the easiest ways for me to be held accountable is with um this thing at the marsh called weed wiping. And we we take this big machine And we have to walk it across the cranberries. And we don't touch the cranberries because that'll, uh, it's herbicide, so it will kill the plants. But there are weeds inside of the bed that we have to kill, and they're like sparsely around the, the cranberry bed. So we have to walk the whole entire thing. But because it's this big, heavy machine that you have to walk through the cranberries, you're able to see the trail that it leaves. No matter what, I cannot say that, you know, like I can't just go up and be like, oh yeah, I did that, because at the end of the day, you'd be able to see that I didn't do the trail if I didn't do it. Like my boss would be able to, you know, see that. And also, the weeds would not die inside of the cranberry bed. So no matter what, I have to do my
1: job you can't like just i can't like, half-ass it's it. like when you spill an ice cube on the ground right you kick it into the fridge you know mm-hmm. you can't do that you can't just hide the weeds they're gonna yeah. show up you have to kill every single weed and another thing that helps me is thinking about it when time's up right because time is constantly clicking ticking away yeah time everything comes to an end if it's your sporting season if it's life in general right when time ends whatever that time is and it's all over and you, can you look back and tell yourself like, wow, I really gave it my all. Like I did it. I feel accomplished in life. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's business, whether it's sports, whether it's just relationships, did you try your hardest? Did you get up in the morning and did you do what you said you were going to do or did you get that project done or did you help your friend like you said you would, were you a good friend, were you a good relationship partner? I don't know. But when it's all said and done, when your spouse passes away, were you as nice to your spouse as you wanted to be? Or Mm -hmm. like, you know, basketball season ends for me. I'm a senior, and it's like, did I give it everything I could this year? Did I 100% know in my head that I did everything I possibly could to be better and take this team as far as I possibly could? Time ends. It's a really sad reality, but it's true. You have to be able to look
0: back at yourself and say, I did it. I accomplished this in life. Yeah. And for for the majority of people, I'd say for ninety nine percent of people, being able to look back at their goals and being able to say, I accomplished my goals, that's enough for them. But then there's also that one percent of people who not only want to look at the end of their journeys and be able to be satisfied, but also the just the very act of getting there you know there are those there are those people who look at their past and say did i do a good job getting there not just did i get there right
1: even if you didn't get there did you give it your all did you try everything you could did you get up did you do the work did you put in the hours could you say to yourself, I didn't make it, I didn't get my college scholarship to go play basketball or football or soccer, whatever it was, but could you literally say to yourself, it was out of my hands because I literally did everything I possibly could? Did you really? Could you look yourself
0: in the mirror and with a straight face tell yourself that? With the things that I have done, I'd say school... I mean, I never really cared about school until this year, um, but it's like, it. I, I can say that I did not try at all. Like, the journey of getting to my goals for, like, grades or anything, except for this year, have been shit. I mean, like, I really just did not give anything towards school. And will that haunt you? Will you look back at high school and think to
1: yourself, man, I wish I tried my freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school.
0: I don't think so. And But the reason why is just because of... It, it taught me a valuable lesson. And that lesson is that while it may not be my fault, it's my responsibility. So, you know, like with school i always had the attitude that i didn't sign up for this it's not my fault i'm in school therefore i'm not going to do it but at the end of the day world you know the world doesn't care about if it's your fault everybody in society cares about if it's your responsibility to act upon those things that's why it's called responsibility you have to respond to it no matter what. So if you have the attitude of wasn't my fault, it's you know, I'm not going to do anything about it. it, doesn't matter, it's still going to be your responsibility. You still have to act upon it. And that's what school has really taught me. Nothing inside of school is useful to me. I will forget literally everything. But it's still my responsibility as a student to act out and to get good grades. And so the the lesson that while it may not be my fault, it is my responsibility. That's something that I have learned my, the end of my junior year going into my senior year. And it is probably going to be one of the lessons that I will carry to my grave.
1: Yeah. Um, when you have scenarios like that, let's say you grew up in an abusive household or whatever the outstanding cause is mm-hmm. right it may not be your fault that you struggle in school it may not be your fault that you have anger issues because you know your father took it out on you when you were a child little things like that but it is your responsibility to control those anger issues as a human because mm-hmm. the rest of the world probably doesn't know that you were abused as a child right so you have to look at yourself from an outside perspective and say You have to look at yourself from a bystander, right? So when you get mad at that server for messing up your order, you have to be able to understand and look at yourself as a service perspective. Like you made one mistake and like you have to relax, you know?
0: Yeah, like, and I think that's just self-awareness, which I don't think that many Americans actually have. They, They think about themselves a lot. There's a lot of individualism in america but it's not to the point where they think about how they could be better about they don't do a lot of meta thinking which is why do i think the way that i think they don't think about why they think certain things they don't think about why they do certain things they just do it that goes back to social norms you know you have this perspective outside of
1: everyone's looking in on you in America where it's you just do it. that a second thought. You're kinda of like you need sometimes you need to stop and think to yourself, like, why am I doing this? Is this normal? Is this really something normal I do every day? You know? Or are you gonna do something about it and change whatever that normal is?
0: Uh in school I used to be a huge procrastinator. That's why um when we went virtual for COVID, I, that semester, I got a 1.1 GPA. Awful. I got straight Ds. None of them were Fs, thankfully, but that was only because the last week of school, I turned, like, literally everything in. Like, what I had to do, I had to scramble the last week. I had to basically be like, okay, I, I got to get this F up to a D, and then just move on. I don't have time to get it up to, like, a, a, a C, or a B. I'm just going to get it down to the bare minimum, and then I'm going to move on to the next class because i got to pass all these classes. you got a
1: 1.1 GPA?
0: Yeah, straight D's. No C's, no F's, just straight D's. And so, like, I was the biggest procrastinator I knew. Like, I just didn't do any work. And I think what has changed in me now, now I just do my work. But it's that habit of like, you don't even really think about it. You're just like, okay, I'm going to go do this. Before, it was like I thought about it. I, I like, thought. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do my work and like, this time in the day. But first, I'm going to play some, like, video games. And then I just don't end up, you know, doing the work. But now it's like, okay, um, I have this space in my time where I can get work done. I'll do it then. Uh, you know, like I don't, I don't question it, you know, like before I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do it at that time. Maybe I can, you know, like do this, do that. But now it's just like, I'm going to do it. At that's that how, I
1: time. feel like that's how lazy people think, to be yeah. honest with you. And n- not even that, it's just, you can be lazy towards certain things and not others. So academically you can be lazy, but like physically you can be super. So remember at that time you were, working out more than, like, anyone in the school. Yeah. You were going on crazy jogs. You were doing... You were in the gym for, like, three hours a day, but you were lazy towards your education. Mm -hmm. We're just being truthfully honest here.
0: And it it was the same exact thing at that moment in time for how I was with how I am now with academics. So it wasn't even a question for me. I was like, okay, I'm going to get up 5.30. Go work out. Yeah, like, that... I would run eight miles every day and work out twice. So what I would do... Holy shit. That's a
1: lot for Eddie because his workouts are not like, oh, let's do 20 crunches and 10 push-ups. It's like full body, destroy me. I want to feel the pain (laughs) of like three hours in the gym. It's crazy. I've seen his workouts. I've been around his workouts. They are not something to joke around with. So two workouts a day with a run in there, you were destroying your body.
0: Yeah, because what I was doing was... It's two miles from the gym that I work out at. So I go two miles there. I go work out uh, lower body two hours, uh, uh, two, two miles back of running. And then I have school. And then two miles back to the gym right after school. I go work out my upper body two miles back to my house. So I would work out every single muscle inside of my body every day. And I'd do that for I think it was like three months straight. And I didn't question it. It was just Do it. I'm, I'm gonna do it. This is what I do. This is who I am.
1: And that's why I have such a problem with people who sit on their ass all day and have literally
0: no excuse. The the saying that I hate the most out of everything is, I don't have time to do that. Oh, fuck off! That's
1: that. Me too. That I would. Oh, I would punch someone in the face. You don't have time. Everyone has time. Yeah. Okay. If you're, say you're on my six hundred pound life, right? Mm-hmm. If you can fucking drag yourself to eat that much food to get you on that much of a weight problem, mm-hmm. okay, you can fucking drag yourself through a workout routine. Yeah. You can walk. Walking is the simplest thing you can do. Go outside and listen to an amazing podcast like Writing the Narrative of Jake and Eddie while you walk down the street and just do something. But saying you don't have time is like so fucking infuriating to me because I sit there and I see people like that and all they do is they waste their time on their phones. I don't Mm -hmm. have time. I can't. I don't have time. Yeah. Like when I say I don't have time, like I'll be mid-workout or I'll be like doing a project or something. Mm -hmm. If you say you don't have time, You're saying, like, (laughs) I would like to see your phone usage time. Like, how much time did you spend on Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever you wasted your fucking time doing, Mm -hmm. which is not going to help you at all, which I even think to myself sometimes. I'll be sitting there, and I'll think to myself, my screen time's up 18%. How much wasted time is that? When I could be making money, I could be bettering myself, I Mm -hmm. could be doing anything else except 18% more on my stupid little cell phone that lights up and I'm addicted to it. I'll go out and I'll say addicted to my... I'm
0: I'm addicted to my cell phone. Mm -hmm. I feel like 90% of teenagers are addicted to their cell phones at this age. One of the craziest statistics is whenever you go and look at how many times a day you open up your phone, just going up and like you know, going onto the home screen or whatever. Just shutting on your phone and, like, turning on your phone and then doing whatever on it. Like, I bet mine is, like, I don't know, 200, 300 times a day.
1: Right. And then think about all that time that you turn on your phone and don't do anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you just pick up your phone, you click it, you look at the time, and you put it back down. And there's nothing interesting or useful there. Take all that time of the day and maybe make it, like, 20 minutes. Yeah because literally it adds up to that much mm-hmm. if like even the crazy people and, and so take that t- you know and you don't even get a notification you just look at your phone for no reason yeah. you take that screen time you add it up you get like 20 minutes that's 20 minutes you could do a workout mm-hmm.
0: you get better yourself you could learn something new you could read a fucking book yeah and it's it's not that you don't have the time it's just that you choose not to spend your time on that specific thing. I'd say you choose to waste your time is a better choice of words. Mm -hmm. You choose to waste your time on something else. Well, I mean, that's not exactly all that I'm saying because, like, there are workaholics who are like, I don't have time for family. It's like, no, you just choose not to spend your time on your family and you choose to work instead. There's a balance that you need to do. So, you know, like you shouldn't be working 16 hours a day, right? Like, that's, to me, that's excessive. Um, so whenever, you know, if, if somebody were to tell me, I don't have time for you to be, I don't know, like your father or something, I have to go work. It's like, you no, you're just choosing not to spend your time there are certain
1: scenarios where they need to work 16 hours a week maybe 16 hours a day because like if they don't they won't have food on the table Mm -hmm. there's certain scenarios like that then there's other scenarios where it's like you're already making six figures a year Mm -hmm. could you spend a little time with your kids yeah could you be a father Mm -hmm. you know the person you brought into this world shouldn't be a you know a burden on you should be someone you take care of and love and respect even when you're sitting at home and you're tired you 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 took on this responsibility of a father role or like a mother role. Mm-hmm. If you're tired and you don't want to do anything, hang out with your kids. I know that sounds horrible, like, and I know it sounds like you shouldn't have any time to yourself. And with kids, sometimes you don't. No, and that's it's not okay. But it's like it should be seen upon yourself to take care of your kids in a way that you you brought them into this world. Mm-hmm. You should be prepared to you know fester them to the point of adulthood
0: once they're born it's no longer about yourself
1: it's all your kids to mm-hmm. next generation you successfully ended all free time and you are now putting it into the next generation
0: what the fuck is that is that your phone yeah that was my phone what was that I don't know. I don't know why I just started. Uh, that was the weirdest thing I've ever. It's just know. It's just sitting there and then. Dude, it hurt us.
1: Dude, the know. phones hurt us
0: when we Maybe. talked
1: shit about them. You want to end it here? and we'll just cut out that last part.
0: No, we'll keep it. You want to keep that? His yeah. phone
1: was literally off on the other side of the room and then a random YouTube video started playing in the middle of the podcast.
0: Yeah, heard us talking shit about it. And It's like, what? Shit. Dude,
1: Jeff Bezos is listening.
0: Or maybe Facebook is like, oh, I heard you guys shit talking about <laughs> our new name.
1: Yeah, Meta, whatever <laughs> the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Meta. Do you want to end it, though? What? No. No, that's, you want to keep it going? That, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there's just this this sense of going back to accountability for for being a parent you know like once they are born it's not like it's a part-time job it's not like it's even a full-time job you are a parent all the time
1: 100 percent of the time you are responsible for your kid because you brought them into this world whether it was an accident whether it was on purpose it's your problem now Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't expect the government to come bailing you out all the time you know, like, you should be able to take care of your kid and spend time with your kid and love your kid and give them everything they need to succeed. You, If you were a really good parent, and I will fight anyone on this who disagrees with me, mm-hmm. you should be able to put find something. I've, I know single moms who work, like, 16 hours a day, like you said, just be mm-hmm. able to do what they can to give their single child like hope in this world, like an equal mm-hmm. opportunity because they are willing to go above and beyond, you know, other moms who are sitting at home waiting for their welfare check. Yeah. Cause they know if they work and destroy their bodies and destroy their minds and not get enough sleep, they're able to provide for their children and give them a normal lives, which they may mean, unfortunately did not get to have mm-hmm. send them to college, get them a good education in kindergarten, middle school, high school, have them succeed in life become
0: something better than they were you know I I think that um there's also this thing that we have in America with children where lately we have not been parenting kids good enough no like I go inside of a Walmart you bet there's gonna be like five screaming children just running
1: around the Walmart yeah good old crackhead Walmart
0: yeah yeah like, if if your kid is like, oh, I want this, mommy. You're like, oh, no, we aren't going to get that. And then he goes, he, he starts, like, wailing, kicking, screaming because you don't give him, like, a, I don't know, fucking chocolate bar. Like, that's when you know that you are not parenting your children correctly. It's, children are not inherently like that. Children are not born like that. They are raised like that. 100%
1: it goes back to this thing of um nature versus nurture Mm -hmm. where it's like you know a lot of people use this discussion with serial killers and like were they born that way or were they raised that way and i will fight to the death that it is how they were raised and nurtured Mm -hmm. right you put people in scenarios like this where you have these kids and they're an abusive household and the dad abused them and the and they sexually assaulted the kids and like Mm -hmm. no wonder they fucking grew up to be serial killers yeah you really gonna blame you know genetics on that like the dad was genetically messed in the head no because probably his father's father beat him and the father's father's fathers beat him like it's this whole line of just abuse that leads down to this kid and so what there's probably like a much higher chance than that someone in that family tree of abuse and hate is going to grow up to be a serial killer and that's just how it is you can't say to me, oh, their brain was chemically imbalanced, so it led them to be a psychopath. Like, no. Because <laughs> they were fucking dropped on their head as a kid. Because their mom probably smoked with, you know, the kid in the womb, smoking cigarettes and drinking away. Probably gave him neurological brain damage and turned out that way.
0: That makes me think of, I don't know why I started thinking about this, but do you remember those... Um health projects that we went to see when we were in middle school, the the high schoolers make them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I remember um, walking through and there was this health project on um, depression and, well, teen depression specifically. And they were saying, well, teens have a chemical imbalance inside of their brain which makes them more susceptible to depression. And even as a middle schooler, in my head, I was like, that's fucking stupid. Like, there's no way that that's... Because now that I'm, I'm more developed and I'm, I'm smarter, I can actually understand what I was trying to think. I couldn't really relate my thoughts. But I know now that just over time, the way that we have been treating teenagers is more and more shitty it's not because of a chemical imbalance inside of their brain it's because of the way that we treat them the way that they grow up is what defines the way that they are and now with all this uh, technology being in our social norms we have not regulated anything no like the internet and social media is all still the wild west you know and i feel like sometimes maybe we should really regulate all this stuff like because there's some fucked up shit
1: really bad stuff i have i have you ever explored the dark web
0: because
1: i haven't because it's not really a dark web it's more like just the darker parts of the internet you can find some already fucked well, up
0: stuff. Well, like the deep web or the dark web?
1: Right. That's the one I'm talking about. Let's do the deep web. Okay. the stuff that's still on Google that you can search up right now and find. Mm-hmm. The dark web is like private servers and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Have you ever been on the deep web? I, I personally have not.
1: Okay. There are people, I haven't either, but there are people that I know that are like, I've seen some really messed up stuff on the deep web mm-hmm. that like you just have to do a little bit of Googling in some sixth grader could probably find on their own yeah you
0: just need to know what to search for
1: exactly and it's not regulated nothing is regulated it goes so deep that you would have to you know it would take years to find everything that's horrible on the deep web it would take generations to find everything that's horrible on the deep web
0: exactly and you know sometimes it's it's just like I don't know, kind of crazy to me, because there's one part of me that says that, well, there's three perspectives that I have that kind of battle each other, so one is that as a teenager, this is probably just, you know, me being a teenager, but I'm like, we should have the right to, you know, be, you know, see whatever we want on the internet, like, that would violate freedom of speech, whatever, whatever. Then there's the other side of me who is like, if I was a parent, would I want my children seeing this kind of shit? No. And then there's the third perspective, which is kind of like a mix between the two, where it's like, maybe we should just teach our kids nowadays all the fucked up shit that is out there to get them ready. Like, not not go fully in depth but just make them aware of it just be like hey there's this fucked up shit out there and you're gonna come across it you can't
1: avoid it you're gonna see it eventually yeah whether a friend some some, send something stupid in a group chat or like you just as a dumb teenager you go and google something that you don't fully understand what you're even googling
0: mm -hmm. and so it's like it's like the the amount of stuff that I saw when I was like even 12 is fucked up like that's where you really like when you get a phone or when like I didn't have a phone at the time but I had a tablet I could search whatever I wanted on that tablet and like there's just messed up stuff out there and I feel like we should bring more awareness to to actual parenting rather than just like letting your kids be developed in a way that you aren't even really controlling, you aren't even really parenting them.
1: You're not, you're it's a free for all in the dumpster shoot that is the internet. Mm-hmm. And when you enable a 13, like as a 13, 14 year old horny teenager, you know, you let your creativity get the best of you. And when you look up something on your little tablet or your phone or whatever that enables you that dark place in your mind it enables it to, to to worlds that you shouldn't know as a young adult not even a young adult as a young person in this life you shouldn't be, even be allowed to like <laughs> you know what i'm saying
0: yeah like an <laughs> yeah. example would be ted bundy um the he said okay there's no um well like at first he denied everything that he did. But then when he was about to die, he confessed to everything. He he was put on, you know, death row and he uh, I think it was from lethal injection. I, I don't remember how they killed Ted Bundy. But um essentially like weeks before he was going to be killed, he's like, Okay, I might as well do a, a few interviews. To, to show everyone, like, what it is to be Ted Bundy, and he blames the start of all this, like, thought process and everything to, um, like, porn, like, he would um, buy these pornographic magazines, and it would have, like, just, like, very vulgar, disgusting things inside of it, and he'd just see that as a kid. He so said he started looking at them when he was like nine. And then that just eventually made it like okay inside of his head or it, something.
1: And that must have been, you know, not easy for him as like a nine-year-old to get a hold of those things. Uh-huh. But like imagine how easy it is for a nine-year-old today on Google. You could, and I hate to say I'm like a Karen, like I hate to sound like, you know, like, oh, the internet's so bad; it's rotting their minds. But like, you like a nine-year-old has unlimited potential on the internet.
0: I'd say, say the darkest things. I'm fine with being a Karen. You know, like I, I am okay with saying just like, yeah, um, the internet is fucked up, and our generation that is coming in, Gen Z, is going to be fucked up in the head. Not only because of this this wild west but just all the other things that gen z has to deal with sometimes i i see videos online like
1: memes on like instagram pages mm-hmm. right and i at first i'll just keep scrolling right cuz it's a joke but then i think to myself that person just died in that video yeah like i'll watch a car drive off a cliff and it would be like a person in the car and like it would be like haha so funny but then i think to myself They play that clip for a couple more seconds. It's going to show that car crashing and that person dying. Like I just watched someone die. Mm -hmm. That was their last seconds of their life captured on camera that I just watched. And some of them I maybe even laughed at. Yeah. But it's like, that's not funny. It's sad that it's that readily available that we can make jokes out of it.
0: Yeah. Like there are people who, you know, especially in our school, like, I don't know everybody is like white we have i don't know maybe like a total of 10 people who are minorities yeah
1: that's a good guess yeah maybe 12 maybe count the middle school
0: okay yeah sure we'll count the middle schoolers too but um so there's a lot of racist jokes inside of our school and it's not even like it's just a social norm. <laughs> yeah, know, like, social
1: norm. One more time, relating back, last topic. It's normal to say, like, the N-word in our school. Like it People is. will say the N-word. There are so many people. You will get fucked up if you say that anywhere else. Yeah. Well, maybe like, not anywhere else. There's certain parts where it's also acceptable. But, mm-hmm. like, people saying the N-word just, like, as a joke and be like, ah, 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 so funny He said the N-word. Like, you say that in, like, a public bar in, like, an in inner city. You're getting beat.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) You say that in Milwaukee?
1: You're fucked. You get fucked up. And it's not funny. And even I catch myself saying Mm -hmm. jokes that are, and I'll be honest, I'm going to be honest on this podcast. I've said jokes when I was young and dumb Mm -hmm. that like are racist, very racist. And it's not funny. Now that I think about it, it was never funny if I look back at it. But like, it was just normal. People like, you have to understand it was just normal.
0: it, It was the same for me as well. And, like, dark humor in general at that time was funny to me. Um, But now, looking back on it, you kind of just look and you think, like, I don't know. Like, over the years, I've gotten more sympathy and empathy. So, um, sympathy... For for people who don't know the difference, sympathy is being able to feel the same emotions uh, of other people, empathy is being able to understand it. So, when I think about like Jews during the Holocaust, imagine the kind of fear that they felt when they went and they thought they were going to take a shower, and all of a sudden there was gas. That was just flooded and people in,
1: all around you started choking coughing and suffocating mm-hmm. to death is one of the worst ways to go yeah it's one of the worst ways and
0: people in at least here in the north woods of wisconsin joke all the time oh gas the jews you know stuff like that like really racist and you know and like sensitive stuff yeah and so that has what has made me kind of get away from that is just having more understanding having more sympathy and we don't really teach our kids that we don't you know you know sometimes we say oh put yourself in their shoes but if you're really going to do that put it into detail put it into now imagine if you're you know like let's say a, a kid punched another kid instead of saying put put yourself in his shoes being like how would you like it if i buried these knuckles deep inside of your face what if i just you wouldn't like it yeah like
1: <laughs> like shut up you wouldn't enjoy that whatsoever
0: exactly and so like it it puts more feeling more emotion and that's something that we have shied away from as americans is how we feel we don't really go up and you know talk about it it's not very comfortable but I think sometimes it's it's good to put more emotion into things um, you know there are times where you can go too far obviously but it it's definitely good to have that emotional aspect that way there's more understanding towards other people there's more awareness that you live in a society and you're not just by yourself there are consequences for not just physically it's not like you don't just get in trouble there's also consequences as in you are affecting somebody mentally and you know we just we just don't think about that on a daily basis 100%.
1: 100%. So today, Eddie, we've talked about social norms, we've talked about motivation, and we've talked about society. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've had a pretty good episode. Me too. And I feel like we've informed some listeners today. I feel like next podcast episode, we're going to try and centralize one subject more. Maybe think about it more instead of the day before recording. <laughs> um,
0: I, I don't know. Sometimes I like to just... Free, free, free ball. Yeah, yeah free see where ball. it
1: goes. And we're definitely going to do that uh, occasionally, but we're also going to have more concrete topics.
0: Yeah, like last episode yeah. with personalities.
1: So you're going to get a nice mix here. But I'm happy with what we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. And are you happy with ending it where we are?
0: Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty happy, especially since there's, there's just good transitions. Yeah. You know, like
1: It felt, it felt natural today. Yeah. All right, well, this has been uh, Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. Hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, catch the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.